Broadcasting from the Cradle of Liberty in Philadelphia. All the way to the rhythm and blues of Beale Street in Memphis. To high atop the Wasatch Mountains in Utah. This is where politically correct perception meets common sense. This is the Joe Carey Show. Hey, happy Tuesday and welcome to the show. You know, I'm, I'm not a big ABC fan, especially, you know, after they botched the footage yesterday and misrepresented, uh, you know, this authentic footage that was supposedly or allegedly taken uh, between the Turks and the uh, Kurds. But so I, I get up this morning, I'm watching ABC because they're teasing this new video they found. They have new video of uh, the situation in Turkey and the Kurds. Brian, have you seen this? So I'm watching this video. I'm watching this video, and uh, it shows like these two battle lines, like these two groups of men facing each other. And the one group, a group of men, uh, they've got long hair. They're carrying clubs, but they're also wearing like kilts and talking in Spanish, uh, the Scottish accent. And I was like, wait, this can't be – this can't be live footage from the battlefield. Why are they talking in a Scottish accent and wearing kilts? And then Mel Gibson appears, and he's wearing like this blue and white face paint. But I mean, it's ABC, and they said it was live from – Brian, you didn't see that? What exactly did you do? And even if you didn't do it, what what value did they see in paying a former vice president close to a million dollars for consultative services? What exactly did you do or promise to do to receive that money? Can you see why Joe Biden gets a little antsy? Can you see why he gets a little hot under the collar when you start to ask him questions about Burisma Holdings? No wonder he keeps telling the press, don't ask me about these questions. I'm not going to answer them. The New York Times ran an op-ed yesterday. Joe Biden's campaign lashes out at the New York Times because they quoted Peter, uh, Peter Schweitzer's book where he lays all of this out. But I always believed I was getting the news. And that's not the case anymore. It's not the case with ABC. It's not the case with NBC or uh, CBS. They are out to formulate and drive a narrative. And you don't have to take my word for it. Look at what Project uh, Veritas has done with CNN. So uh, there's the way that uh, the news works is that if you're in Atlanta or New York or Utah and you're doing a feed, right? So you're uh, you're carrying that video. It has to be transmitted from wherever you're taking it to wherever it's being broadcast from. Well, one of those tech switchers, someone who sits there and sends the video back and forth, he gets to the point where he is fed up 
with the agenda of CNN. So he starts to secretly record the audio and video of these high-level execs at CNN. Now, before you go and think, oh, I'm sure this guy is just a Trump supporter and, you know, he was trying to, uh, you know, help Donald Trump. He's a big progressive. His number one choice for president, Bernie Sanders. But he's looking at what's happening to CNN, an institution that he's worked at, an institution that he still believes in. And he's like, this isn't right. This is wrong. And Project Veritas is releasing these videos. Go to uh, drudgereport.com. You'll see the links for the videos. And it's from the top down. And they don't, they don't even try to, to hide their tracks. They talk about, we've got to go negative on Trump. We've got to hit Trump hard. That's CNN. That's the, you know, worldwide brand in news. Now, you won't see these stories, obviously, on CNN, and you won't see them on the, the mainstream and legacy media because it doesn't fit their narrative. But you know what's most appalling? Because, look, I get it. When you're in live news, mistakes happen, right? You've got a deadline. That camera's going on whether you are ready or not. And you do your best to make sure that what's going on air is accurate, it's truthful, and it's not biased. But CNN sends out this videotape. And their apology, right? This is shown on Good Morning America. Millions of people are watching it. Well, it's ABC. So there's hundreds of thousands of, well, there might be a few hundred people watching this tape air on Good Morning America. And they're all left with the impression, oh my gosh, Trump is facilitating genocide. Do you think Good Morning America spent the same amount of time on this morning's episode as they did yesterday's episode where they showed the wrong tape, where it was mislabeled? No. They send out a tweet, uh, we regret. Oh, you know, we regret that this happened. That's, that barely registers as an apology. It's barely an apology. And as we discussed before, where's the accountability? Who's going to be held accountable for this? Is somebody going to get fired? Where did the, where did the protocols break down? Where did the procedures not work as originally intended But what really the most glaring omission was that there was no explanation as to how it happened. And that fascinated me. You have a fake tape going out, basically equating uh, or putting Donald Trump in the middle of this genocide. 
and ABC can't even explain how it happened. Well, this is how it happened. And out of everything that happened with this story yesterday, that's what struck me as the implausible part. That's, to me, that's what lends credibility to those saying this may have been intentional. Because if it's an honest mistake, why not just say, look, it's a mistake. This is what happened. We're sorry. It was a new intern. It was a tired producer. It was someone who hated Donald Trump. I, who knows? But you would at least put out the how, which helps people understand the why. So sure enough, Donald Trump, and I think rightfully so, jumps on Twitter and he starts hammering ABC. Do you know people still stood up and defended ABC for a fake video, pushing a fake narrative, where the only agenda, I mean, the only agenda you can truly argue is they were trying to hurt the president of the United States. And thank goodness, thank goodness for talk radio, thank goodness for social media. Because without that, without talk radio, without social media, the only narrative you would have would be the ones being pushed out by legacy media, being pushed out by CNN and MSNBC. And they are desperate. Tom Steyer, uh, ultra-progressive, billionaire, uh, running for president, uh, he came out and he said, if Donald Trump and the GOP win again in 2020, it's the end of America. Now, AOC gave us 12 years. He's only giving us till next year. We'll have that story and more right after this break on The Joe Carey Show. You're listening to us on KTalk, 1640 AM. Our call-in number, Back to the Joe Carey show. We we made this prediction last, uh, well, geez, months ago, but there's more and more evidence that it is it's actually happening. And that is tonight you're going to have the Democrats take the stage, and I believe there's still 12. So they're going to have about a dozen Democrats on the stage tonight. And uh, Joe Biden, according to the polls, is still the... Um, I wouldn't even call him the front runner. I, I would say he's basically tied with Elizabeth Warren. And they're very similar, Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren pretended to be someone she was not. She pretended she faked being a Native American in order to gauge an advantage when applying for a tenured position at Harvard. 
And apparently it worked. And she has shown zero remorse for that. Well, that puts her almost in the same boat as Joe Biden. Because Joe Biden is a self-confessed plagiarist. Now, the definition of plagiarist is someone who doesn't have enough original ideals, ideas on their own. So they pilfer someone else's and try to pawn them off as their own. And Joe Biden apparently made a career beginning in law school and extending into his run for president, his first run, where he was just taking other people's speeches and making them his own. So you have Elizabeth Warren who faked being a Native American. Then you have Joe Biden who basically stole other people's work. And these two individuals are leading the race to be the nominee at the top of the Democrat ticket. So when the mainstream media comes out, when the legacy media comes out and they talk about, well, Joe, you know, uh, Donald Trump's not a good example. He's a bad example. And, and I agree. I agree that some of the language he uses, that he's kind of boorish. I agree. It, it's not a good example. But will the other side concede? Will the other side agree that you can't have people like Joe Biden, who never really came out and explained why? It's like the ABC video. Can you at least tell us why you did it? Was it an honest mistake? Were you just fresh out of ideas? Like what happened? Even with Elizabeth Warren, Elizabeth Warren tried to explain the why, right? Well, I always thought I was Native American. You know, my mom had the recipe book. So she tried to explain to the American people, but I think the vast majority of Americans just think, nah, that doesn't make sense. Why would you run out and go get the DNA test? And she thinks the issue's behind her. But then it turns out one of her first school teaching jobs, she's going around telling political uh, rallies that she was fired from that job by a principal, a male principal, who walked up and basically said, okay, it's time for you to go because, you know, you're visibly pregnant. Did that happen? Yeah. Did it happen a lot? Yeah. Did it happen to Elizabeth Warren? We have no idea. Because now we have interviews surfacing where Elizabeth Warren says that she left the job. We have the recorded minutes of the meeting saying we're going to accept her resignation with regret. Well, that doesn't sound like someone who was intentionally terminated for being pregnant. But again, when you're fighting this fight, when you're when you have these battle lines drawn, 
It doesn't matter what the truth is. All that matters is the narrative that you're pushing, the narrative that you're trying to promote. Donald Trump bad, Elizabeth Warren good. How about we get to the substance tonight? When you have all those Democrats on stage, can we ask all the Democrats on stage a simple question? Is it okay for Hunter Biden to be paid $50,000 a month? That's $600,000 a year job. He's, he's amassed over $3 million in payments from that position. Why did he give it up? Well, we don't know. Did it have to do because his dad got in the race? Maybe. Can we talk about Robert Francis O'Rourke? You have Elizabeth Warren pretending to be Native American. You have Joe Biden plagiarizing. And you have Robert Francis pretending to be of a of a, a Latino descent. Can we ask the other candidates on stage if they agree with what Robert Francis had to say? That if churches, if your church doesn't adhere to the political dogma of the day, if your church doesn't agree with what politicians thinks is moral and acceptable behavior, they should be stripped of their tax-exempt status. You would think that would be a pretty big issue. You would think that would be like, yeah, let's, I mean, yeah, I'd like to know. Does Robert Francis want to strip my church of its tax-exempt status? But I don't even think they'll get in there. I think tonight it's all going to be about impeachment. Can we talk about that? Can we talk about due process? You know, uh, breaking news, uh, ABC News is showing uh, coverage of the front lines of Turkey and uh, the Kurds fighting. And it's kind of odd because it's like a beach landing and they show what it appears to be these World War II era soldiers uh, pouring out of these landing. Cra- oh, wait, that's Tom Hanks. That This looks like Saving Private Ryan. ABC's working hard to get its act together. We'll stay with them. We'll follow them. We'll bring you that breaking news. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after this break. 801-331-8113. Welcome. To the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Welcome back to the Joe Carey Show. Brian Hyde jumping in for Joe briefly here. Uh, we have Matt Bellis joining us from Liberty Health Share. Matt, good to talk with you once again. 
Brian, it's always a pleasure to speak to you, sir. Hey, I you know, I, I know you guys are growing by leaps and bounds. And for some people, Liberty Health Share is a very well-known name. Anybody, of course, who listens regularly to the Joe Carey Show is going to have heard about you. But let's just assume that there may be some people in the audience today who are hearing the name Liberty Health Share for the first time. Tell me, what's the first impression you want them to have when they hear that name? <laughs> well, it's, it's no doubt that people might not have heard about it because it's one of those little secrets that a lot of people aren't still aware of uh, that you're going to start hearing more of, especially around the open enrollment season that's happening uh, coming up here, that uh, people just are beginning to realize that the healthcare industry and the way that we pay for it is fundamentally broken. And we need a change within the industry of how to pay for our health care. And that's what Liberty HealthShare is doing. What we're doing is setting you free as an individual and helping you join a community that supports you in your time of need. This is a community of people that are of like mind who share in each other's medical expenses. We do that on a regular, consistent basis each and every month. We pay what's called a share amount. That share amount goes to another member who has a specific medical need. Those needs are then paid for, and the community continues. It's a very easy, very uh, 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 systematic approach of how to share medical bills in and amongst each other and in a very effective, efficient way. Well, it's it's uh, something that isn't just a new idea either, as I understand it. You guys have been around, and, and you have a very solid track record to point to. It, the idea of health care sharing has been around since the early 80s. Uh, there was a, uh, a local Ohio minister who was in a car accident with his family, unfortunately lost his wife and his daughter, uh, but from that accident, the seeds of health care sharing grew because it was the community who stepped up, gave sacrificially to help restore this person who actually had a medical need. That person was actually my uncle. Uh, my uncle was able to start the first health care sharing ministry. And from there, my family has been a part of it since its inception. And so health care sharing does have a good track record. We've been here for a, a, a long time. Liberty HealthShare has members in every single state uh, in the union, and uh, we're, we're looking forward to what the future has hold for us. So when, when people come to Liberty HealthShare, what are some of the reasons that they give you for, for why they, they chose Liberty HealthShare over any of the other options that they may have had? Well, it is very interesting because what we do with healthcare sharing is very effective, and that does affect the cost of health care. Our prices are actually really low uh, comparatively to what other people are paying. And so a lot of people, whenever they first see us and hear us, they realize the price of being a part of health care sharing is actually very uh, reasonable. Now, they may come for what they seem was a good price for their health care, uh, but what they realize whenever they join us is that they truly are joining a community of people who are sharing medical bills, really caring about each other, taking care of, praying for each other, making sure that each other is whole, all the while supporting them in their individual medical decisions. Uh, a lot of people come to us for uh, 
reasons that they want to be more free in healthcare. They want to be able to choose their doctor or their hospital or work with them on an independent basis. Uh, some come for the community itself. Uh, we are a healthcare sharing nonprofit, 501c3, uh, that shares those medical bills. So there's a lot of reasons. People do come for the price, but they after they come for the price, they realize that there really is something special about what we do at Liberty Health Share. Well, and that sense of community is something that I think has been dwindling in our, our culture and in our nation for some time. It's, uh, you know, we, we love the rugged individualism that helps us tame a continent and establish this country. But sometimes I, I think we've, we've become so rugged or so individual, we forget about the joy that comes and the, the sense of security that comes from knowing, hey, we're in this together and uh, helping one another with our burdens uh, really does prove a very effective way to solve problems without having to turn to more laws, more regulations, more government. I couldn't agree more, and your whole uh, precept about rugged individualism is actually very spot on, uh, because in this country, what we did have, yes, we had the pioneer spirit, we can do, uh, we're going to be the ones to... uh, to manifest our destiny. Uh, so we're going to make these things happen. Yet, if you go back and realize what those individualists did, they joined up communities. And during their times of need, it was their family. It was their neighbors. It was their church. It was their community at large that helped them during those times that were unexpected and unaffordable. And that's what we have done with Liberty Health Share. We've taken that concept of rugged individualism, giving people the freedom in health care, all the while supporting them with that community so that whenever they have that medical need, they have that, uh, that doctor's visit, uh, they have that illness that uh, really just knocks them out. We're there to help them, support them, pay for their medical bills uh, as a community. So I, I know that I'm harping a lot on this, but it is an important aspect because this is what separates us from the other ways of paying for health care. We're not a third-party payment system. We're all each individually responsible for our own health and health care bills. That means that I have to pay for it whenever it comes up. But within the community, during those times that are unexpected and unaffordable, that's when the community comes in and helps pay for those medical bills. So that gives you freedom, that gives you choice, and that gives you the power of the purse strings that you need to effectively deal with your health care in today's era. And it's so vital when that's being done on a voluntary basis, when people freely choose, this is what I want to do, I believe in this, and that's the direction I want to go, as opposed to, look, you're going to do this, or we're going to fine you a bunch of money, or you know, some, some other threatened punishment awaits them for refusing to participate. And, and isn't that a shame, <laughs> uh, that we have come to that situation in our country, that if you don't capitulate to the ideas that somebody else set forth, they're going to fine you for uh, what they think is best. Uh, And that really is a shame. But with Liberty Health Share, we're all voluntarily joining this community. We're we're members. We have the the contracts written on our hearts saying that we will step up and be of help and service to each other. Now, it's not a a overly uh, uh, strenuous way. Uh, we do it very systematically. Each and every month, we're paying share amounts. 
those share amounts are directed by Liberty HealthShare to another member who has a need. And that's basically the way that we do it. It's a very simple, very easy process that people voluntarily join, and we wouldn't have it any other way. Matt, I know that you have put together a lot of great information on your website for people who are considering becoming a part of Liberty HealthShare. Tell us about uh, the steps they should take. Where will they find your website, for instance? Just go to libertyhealthshare.org, libertyhealthshare.org. You can go right there on the website and download what we call our decision guide. Uh, It's a great way to make sure that this is a good fit for you because we want to make sure that you know what it is that you're getting into to be a part of Liberty HealthShare. So just go ahead, download that decision guide, and then right there online you can sign up very easily. It doesn't take like 10 to 15 minutes just answering some questions. Uh, Very simple process. You can also give us a call at 855-58-LIBERTY, 855-585-4237, or again, libertyhealthshare.org. All right, Matt Bellis, thank you so much for taking some time to uh, keep us informed and to to tell us about the good things that are happening with libertyhealthshare.org. Thanks, Brian. All right, we'll rejoin. Uh, Joe will be actually rejoining us here for the final segment of the program. Um, interesting thing, for all the technology that keeps us connected everywhere we go, sometimes geographic features like mountains can occasionally cause interference. And Joe has uh, been uh, driving across the fruited plains, so to speak, here for the last few days. And uh, in, in the, uh, the home stretch of the journey, uh, he is definitely back in the Mountain West. And that's uh, one of the reasons why we, uh, we lost contact with him briefly uh, just a little bit earlier. But not only will he be joining us here in the final segment of the show, but he also has a very special guest, which will be joining him as well. And they have some great things to talk about. And then uh, we may actually learn a thing or two about uh, another one of his regular guests. I'll see if I can twist his arm and persuade him to, to share that with us. You are listening to The Joe Carey Show, and we will be back in just a few moments. Carry show right here on K Talk 1640 AM KYAH. And also, you can uh, go to uh, my Facebook, Joseph Carey, or Twitter at Joseph Carey, and uh, follow the show there. We had uh, some technical difficulties today, and uh, thank you for your patience in, uh, in working with us as we work through those. I, uh, I want to talk about uh, ABC, and I know we've had some fun with them today, and uh, but it's it's serious. I mean, millions of Americans still get their news from traditional media. And that includes, you know, your uh, legacy networks, The New York Times, Washington Post. And it's important um, for them to get it right. And it's disturbing at some level that they have refused to come out and say, look, uh, this is the mistake. This is how it happened. It won't happen again. 
Because unless they're willing to have that serious conversation with the American people, why should the American people be asked to trust or believe anything that they do? They want to pretend that this is no big deal. But the country is standing, you know, knee deep in gasoline. And people are just lighting these matches and flicking them into this, this pool of gasoline at our feet, hoping that one will ignite. And that's what ABC did with this piece. They know tensions are inflamed. But they see this as an opportunity to pile on. They see this as the opportunity to, if we're going to take out Trump, this is our moment. They are so desperate. And, and we talked about this yesterday. Don't think for a second that Adam Schiff is winning. Don't think for a second that uh, impeachment proceedings are winning. They're not. Adam Schiff just announced today, just announced today. Yesterday, his big announcement was, well, it may not be necessary to hear from the whistleblower. Excuse me, then what are you relying on, a report? You can't cross-examine a report. You can't ask a report questions. And more importantly, you can't implicate a report for bias. And they are hiding this whistleblower because when the facts come out about who he or she is, and I think it's a he, and the bias that they bring to the table – now, they'll give you the same song and dance that they gave about Comey. He's a professional, and even though he donated to Democrats, and no, it wasn't Comey, it was McCabe, right? He's a professional. Even though his wife was running for Congress as a Democrat, and even though she was receiving all this money as a Democrat, no, no, McCabe's above the fray. Really, was he? Well, then good. Then he shouldn't have anything to worry about when we start cross-examining him, when we start poking into his background. That's why this whistleblower will never see the light of day. And I, I honestly don't believe that they will call him to testify. And I think they are going to try to strip 63 million Americans of their franchise, of your vote, by playing – they already do. Every minute Donald Trump wastes on fake Russian collusion, every minute that he wastes – on this Ukrainian narrative story, do you know what that means? That's one less minute he's working for you, that he's working for the country. So we don't need to wait for impeachment to see whether or not your vote is you know, uh, stripped. It is. It has been. It continues to be. And they are relentless. And because of that, you need to be as equally dedicated. You need to be as strong as they are. You need to be as dedicated as they are. But not in the same way, right? Their ultimate aim is political power. Their ultimate aim is they want the right to tell you what to eat, what to drive, where you can work, how much you're allowed to spend on vacation. And they want to do it 
while they're buying three vacation homes like Bernie Sanders, like AOC, while she's getting a $312 haircut, they want to tell you whether or not that donation you're making is tax deductible, that $5 or $10 donation. It's by design. And this is one of the reasons why they are adamant. They, they have to wield their power to prove that they still have it. They have to wield their power to prove that they can still make things happen. Because remember, you know, Donald Trump has beaten the odds. They've come after him with everything they have, everything they have. And Trump continues to beat them. So they're looking at each other and they're saying, well, wait a second. It's not supposed to work this way. Wait a second. We're supposed to be calling the shots. We're supposed to decide what foreign policy is. We'll decide whether or not U.S. troops stay in Turkey and Syria. And Trump is basically showing up and saying, wait a second. I'm the president. I was elected. I'll make those decisions. And the left is at a loss. They don't know what to do or how to proceed. And that's a good thing. That's a great thing. But it's going to take effort and dedication from you, right? Because they are fully dedicated. They are fully engaged in this fight. But my suggestion is this. The solution isn't political. The solution isn't, hey, let me write another $100 check to the Republican Party. Because honestly, the party is as corrupt as the Democrats in many cases. They'll hide behind the flag. They'll hide behind patriotism. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of Republicans that are just as corrupt if not more corrupt than the Democrats. And if you don't believe that, look what Trump had to go through to win the nomination. So the answer isn't political. The answer isn't to make the political party stronger. The answer is to seek out good people. The answer is to seek out good people and maybe they're not the ones saying vote for me. Maybe the good people are the ones saying, you know what? I don't want to get involved. And they have to be convinced, right? Maybe they have to be convinced to go and run. Maybe that's who we need to be looking for. But I tell you, if you look for political solutions to this fight, that's not where it's at. You're not going to find your answers there, and we're not going to find our solutions, you know, the solutions that face the country right now. We are spending ourselves to the point of uh, unsustainability. You know, one of the questions that uh, the, the Democrats should be asked tonight, we're on that stage. One question they should all be asked is, look, each one of you has promised trillions of dollars in new spending. You know, for the record, could you each tell us what the price tag is on your spending plans. And I guarantee you not one will come up with a number. Not Joe Biden, not Elizabeth Warren, 
not Bernie Sanders, the response is going to be the same. And, this, and the response is going to be a platitude. It's going to sound something that sounds really good, right? Like you can't put a price tag on, you know, the welfare of little kids. We live in amazing and incredible times, times that our relatives, our forefathers could only dream about. We live in those times. And it is our responsibility to make sure that our kids and our grandkids and their posterity have that same blessing. And currently, there is no political party that is taking us down that road. Not the Democrats, not the Republicans. We are not setting ourselves up for success. We are setting ourselves up for tremendous, tremendous failure. Get right with God, be kind, help your neighbor. That is what's gonna take us to the next level. Hey, thank you for listening to the Joe Carey Show today. Stay tuned, we'll be back on Thursday right here on Talk, 1640 AM, KYAH and the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Timely, credible, thoughtful discussion. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network.